Welcome to the Wrestling Headlines WWE NXT Review. Forgot which thing I was doing it for for a second. And this is the NXT Review live with Finn Balor. Is his time is up? TikTok and all that? Uh, but yes, Finn Balor carrying cross is what the leading thing for the main event. And I am going to be talking through that initially. Uh, but yes, NXT, a interesting, I guess, review. So, uh, uh, interesting kind of 2021 that they've had so far. Building to stand and deliver. I'm yours. You can't call it stand and deliver and not expect me to do the flipping song. <laughs> I'm doing it in my head every single time you say stand and deliver. It's a weird name for a pay-per-view, especially with a pirate theme. <laughs> what is the link <laughs> between stand and deliver and pirates? I mean, technically, delivery service, but kind of. <laughs> not really delivery service. Is, is a... Oh, lad, Jeff, <laughs> in the chat. Uh, yeah. Yeah, technically, are pirates a, de- a delivery service? <laughs> I don't know. Um, if anyone can explain the link of Stand and Deliver and Pirates, it's called Stand and Deliver the Pirate School and everything, because, of course, the Tampa Bay stuff of the main roster. Don't get it. <laughs> Why is it called Stand and Deliver? I'm yours. I'm going to do the song every time. Um, see how monetization goes. <laughs> but anyway, hello and welcome to the Wrestling Headlines NXT Review. My name is Matt Mayer, a.k.a. Imp, and we are live here on YouTube and also available in podcast form. Links in the description or head over to WrestlingHeadlines.net for your latest wrestling news. A St. Patrick's Night of developmental wrestling, kind of, because it's not really developmental, nor a Paddy's Day celebration, <laughs> aside from like, people in the crowd wearing green t-shirts. So, does that count? Does that really, really count? And we've got Karrion Cross and Finn Balor um, for the, the main thing tonight. Uh, I guess before I get into it, who is my favourite wrestler? Right now, right now I think I'd say Jay White in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Little thing about me, my number one promotion is New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, when I review, NX, and of course I'm English as well, so when I review like the like the, the wars of the different promotions in America, it's like, I just enjoy wrestling, like... Doesn't matter. I like to watch as much as I can. I don't have an affinity to either, really, because I enjoy... My number one is New Japan. If New Japan's one where it goes a little bit down, then I'll become grumpy. <laughs> but if WWE is a bit of a fall, doesn't really matter to me. It's number one. But yes, the Switchblade Jay White, the leader, the current leader of the Bullet Club in New Japan, absolutely killing it. And uh, I'm enjoying him a lot so far. But in NXT, Finn Balor and Karrion Cross are doing their little journey... Um, I'm not somebody who's been a massive fan of Finn Balor's NXT run. I've been a fan of the character he's been displaying, but overall in NXT, I, I I'm not I've not been a massive fan of the kind of main roster wrestlers coming down to NXT because I've always liked that feel of it um, having that constantly spinning wheel when that next generation then comes on up. Having the older uh, the former main roster guys come down has created a bit of a problem when that wheel doesn't quite rotate properly. However. 2021 has done a fantastic job of kind of getting it spinning again. And I feel like it addressed a lot of the problems. And the way the card for Stand and Deliver is developing, I feel like is like really, really going the perfect right direction. They are really building it up really well. It feels like a kind of show which is setting up the future of NXT, like a transitional, a, a possible transitional card. Again, like Yoshi Rivers with a Kel Gonzalez and... 
Uh, what's the uh, uh, Karen Cross versus Vimbella? <laughs> what's the? I spent hours on the Photoshop today. Have you seen that? I'm really proud of that Photoshop. <laughs> and yeah, it, um, yeah, and it feels like there's quite a few matches which are like the transition of eras for NXT. I guess I, Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly to have Kyle O'Reilly winning that big match as well, like cementing him as like a big single star for Undisputed Era. I feel like they're all massive positives. So, uh, yeah, I'm really into NXT right now. Because at the end of 2020, I was pretty negative on it. My end of year review when I appeared on One Nation Radio was just that, again, it's like they don't quite know what their identity is. They've had a little bit of a crisis, not massively into it. Now, like, it's so many positives. I'm enjoying so much about it. And in terms of the, I guess, like the main event and the way that's moving with Finn Balor carrying Cross, I'm personally all for that, that transition to carrying Cross because for me, Finn Balor being champion is all about then putting over that next person to get to keep the wheel spinning. Um, again, I'm not a super massive fan of the main roster guys coming down to NXT purely because, if they become champion as well. If they're purely used to put folk over, but that's more like a super trainee <laughs> kind of role. Which like, Finn Balor soon will be apparently wants to be a trainer afterwards, which I think he'll get pretty easily. So, yeah. Anyway, so Finn Balor is... Uh, thank you, Jeff. And Murray in the chat. I'll read your comment in a second, Murray. So we kicked off the show. Actually, yeah, before I... I'll read the uh, opening of the show, and then I'll go back to the comments, and then we'll do the main event. But Finn Balor kicked us off for NXT, kicking off the St. Patrick's Day special with their resident Irishman. Don't worry, this is still WWE. Therefore, your Irishman is getting pinned at the end of the night. That's the rule. <laughs> if they're in your hometown or if they're celebrating something to do with you, uh, you will be pinned <laughs> on that show. Uh, or in London. Oh, we better work. might as well pin uh, Bad News Barrett. Let's pin him. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, in Boston, are we? Oh, Sasha Banks. Get your shoulders <laughs> onto that net, onto that mat. <laughs> you are getting pinned. Like, it's the rule of the land. And, uh, yeah, so it's Patrick's Day. Finn, you're taking the pin. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Finn Balor came out as your Irish champion. He has been for quite a while now. Following last week's ending with... No, it, it's Ye, it's Ye who's, who's fucking time is up. <laughs> Sorry, does that. Where So, of course, in retaliation to that, Cross and Bordeaux have... They come out and Bordeaux's like... Carrie Cross said something. <laughs> I don't really remember it. But Bordeaux said she's seen two draped in gold in the cards. And, and the promo was all about that, your time is up, Karrion Cross's death, uh, fate to become champion is now. I tried to not, not accidentally say John Cena lyric, but I ended up just like over-explaining a John Cena lyric. <laughs> it wasn't really the best. Uh, when, for me, the best British promo interruption of NXT arrived. I'm so sad he got injured at, in the main event, which we'll get to, but it, they're cutting that and they're like, whoa, lads, 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 whoa, lads. <laughs> like Landon, lads, lads. <laughs> like, oh, Danny Birch, my man. <laughs> Absolutely love that interruption. Uh, just shouting lads <laughs> at it. Yeah, but yeah. and uh, they came out with their little threat, like, oh, focus in on us, like, hey, hey, lads, 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 lads. Football, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, but they are easily manipulated by Scarlet's weavings. And using the, using them to kind of like get them all amped up and put their own titles on the line just by Scarlet manipulating them, which I thought that was a great little touch. I much prefer that over her setting a fireball in a book. <laughs> like I personally, I way prefer that. Like with with Keith Lee, the Scarlet's thing was weird magic, or is it really magic? I don't know. She put a flame in a book. <laughs> That's not normal. Uh, but I much prefer this. You saw her manipulate them. And I really liked that. 
Yes, some people probably watched it as when, oh, it's Scarlet Bordeaux doing, oh, look at me, I'm the pretty lady, and used that. No, no, she genuinely manipulated them. And I thought that was... It made her character feel like she had so much more than, again, weird fireball stuff. Or just standing there as a distraction, or being a little bit distracting to the... Like, like she was with uh, Escobar. We'll talk about him later. <laughs> it's good I forget his name now. I need it for later. Uh, but yeah, I thought this was like one of the best portrayals she's had at this opening. Op- actively manipulated Birch and Lorcan into putting their tires on the line. And then they can use that to get into Bala's brain. <laughs> so they can say it was fate when you watched Scarlet Bordeaux manipulate them into doing it. So is it really fate when she had to have an active hand in it? Uh, oh, That's the whole point of The Witcher. <laughs> there we go. What did I do with The Witcher books? But yes, the foretelling of two draped in gold comes true. Using this as an example that Bala cannot escape his fate. It's like, oh, I said, I see two draped in gold. And now look at this NXT championship you suddenly have. Oh, oh your fate. Ah. So basically, this gives credence to all of their words that fate has given it uh, kind of foretelling and it's that Karrion Cross will become champion. Then you back it up with his other stuff. Which, yeah, I liked that as an opening. I've been a bit, again, I've been a bit 50-50 on it so far with the Karrion Cross presentation. I thought this was one of my favourite ones. Both characters fit it really well. Uh, anyway, as I said, and now I'm going to jump to the main event, talk about that match, cause, which was for the NXT Tag Team Championships, but first to the comments, Amai, with the exact same take, except for his favourite, is Sonada, because uh, he uh, just wants to feel pain after every title match <laughs> he has, or whenever he faces Okada. Oh, this week would must have been pain, watching him get eliminated. From the... Although, I want to, maybe that was at least expected pain, given the look of the land. I feel like a Shingo Osprey final is becoming more and more likely. And I had my predictions, like in terms of the overall finishing line, I'm not that far off in terms of the New Japan Cup that's currently happening. Read my column that I've been doing with Jeremy Donovan from the Keeping It Strong Style podcast. <laughs> We're doing the New Japan Cup with him uh, with the best matches of the week. You can go read it. Eh? But yeah, I, I predicted that the bottom left guy would then face, from the brackets, bottom left, which was Kazuchika Okada and or Shingo for me versus the top top right, which I just thought was going to be Osprey. And I predicted Jay White in this round would get upset, beaten by either Yoshihashi or Finley. And I went with the wrong one. <laughs> I went with Yoshihashi. And bloody is the other guy. I'm so close. Like, he is, uh, Gado's, the book has broken me to the point where I predicted the beats absolutely perfectly. I just pitched the complete wrong people. <laughs> it just it was like, oh, I was like, I'm happy I can finally kind of read Gado's brain. I can finally watch a New Japan show and be like, oh, I can see where he's going to be going with this, these little pieces that he's laying down. I can interpret them a lot better now, which normally means he can enjoy the show quite a bit. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just went with the wrong people. So my brackets are dead, like dead, dead. <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, I'm really happy with the Japan Cup so far. Uh, do, uh, like NXT, doing a really good job in setting up a load of names for the future, or at least for like, the next three quarters of the year. Uh, I feel like both promotions are doing a really good job in that in this first quarter. I mean, of course, AEW are as well. And to their credit, WWE, because of WrestleMania, they've had to like focus somewhere. So in that, people get built up. I'll put Damien Priest in there. They've done an amazing job with him. 
But the... My headphones keep falling off. <laughs> but the main event was for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Oh, and thank you, Jeff, for liking the stream. And I've realised I've not done all the comments. <laughs> also, Scarlet vs Alexa in a fireball match at TakeOver. <laughs> um, well, we'll see. Well, what if Alexa Bliss is burnt to a crisp after Fastlane? We've got to wait after... You can't book it immediately. <laughs> Hold off, Moe. Hold off to see if she's still in physical form at all. Uh, who knows what will happen at Fastlane? <laughs> who will know? Uh, uh, anyway, so Danny Burch and Only Orkin versus Finn Balor and Karrion Cross, who was, of course, accompanied by Scarlett Bordeaux. A hard-hitting main event, uh, emphasised by Danny Burch's possible injury to the shoulder following a drop from Cross. I say possible. When I wrote that, it was possible. He confirmed later that he has separated his shoulder. Which sucks. So no timeout uh, predicted yet. As in, there will be timeout, but how long is not known yet. Um, like, I don't know. As in, if it's long enough, they'll have to drop the belts. Which sucks, because they're hitting, hitting an awesome stride. Like, Finn Balor matches in NXT have not had good luck. <laughs> like, every, almost every time somebody gets injured. Not a great run of form. And to be fair, that's maybe just the NXT Championship in general. Past six months, it's just like a curse around it <laughs> in this past year. People are like, dropping like flies. So I guess kudos to Pete Dunne and Finn Balor for coming out of their match relatively unscathed. Like, well done. Uh, uh, but in terms of the match, obviously this affected the rhythm of the match itself. Danny Burch being taken out and only Lorcan suddenly by himself. But luckily the story around Balor and Cross was still able to beat and they just played that into the finish, just minus one British, minus a British lad. Uh, the accidental knocking down of Scarlet and Cross choke charging his teammate into the barricade uh, to cost the match Still able to play out exactly as it would have done anyway. A cross with a post-match rampage in his show-ending takeover message. Uh, Bordeaux, the only one to stop the beatdown, lifting Balor up for a more controlled message. Uh, the show ending with that final beat of fate <laughs> after Cross's charging elbow or forearm. I need to remember. I need to actually listen to the commentators charging in at Balor, knocking him down as we get that awesome shot. Of Bordeaux whispering into his ear about fate. I said, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's, it's made my voice go squeaky. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. We've got, is it two or three more episodes of NXT there, left? I think it's three. Because it said uh, Fastlane, and then it's three weeks until WrestleMania. As in two weekends. So it will be three TV shows. So we've got three episodes of NXT until TakeOver. Oh, wait, no, we haven't. I'm a numpty. We've got two, because that third one is TakeOver, because it's happening during the week. I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to do for coverage. Uh, as a British person, and as it's WrestleMania week, I think it's absolutely mental to consider covering both nights. So I think I'll just have to, I'll just do the second night, I think. Because the first... I might review them both together. But the first night... Uh, to do back-to-back -back nights, have one day to recover, and then do two more back-to-back -back nights. Even... Well, unless I... This is Hall of, I'm not going to cover the Hall of Fame. <laughs> because I used to stay up for the Hall of Fame and then take over and then WrestleMania. But that was... And I'd do my show on the Thursday. But that was when it was just like just a podcast with no other additional effort, really. Um, yeah, it's it's obviously different now. <laughs> but yeah, I I think it's a bit crazy. <laughs> it does have NXT. And I mean, like, suggestions are obviously helpful. But I, I feel covering both... Nights of Takeover is just gonna mean I'm not gonna have anything in me to cover both nights of WrestleMania because I can't not cover both nights of WrestleMania, but NXT I reckon I can get away with. So I think I'll just do the late Thursday night. I mean, that still could be because I normally would stay up for the Hall of Fame. That would still be four nights in a row. <laughs> Five is just crazy. 
the night after WrestleMania isn't what it is anymore, and especially in the Thunderdome era, so I'm not going to stay up for more. But yeah, still, I'd have one day to recover from that for like four nights straight, one day to recover up late again for the Raw review. <laughs> so I think that's wiser. Yeah. Anyway, I think I'll have a sip of water because on my Yakuza Zero stream on Twitch earlier, I did do my voice in a bit, but not as bad as I did on Tuesday because I went with a bad choice of voice there. Mm. Like, seriously. <laughs> it was some form of like deep, damaged, smoked, smoking man. It was not a good choice. Also, to do the uh, voice, because the whole joke is like it's Northern Yakuza. And I know this is a plug for my Twitch. <laughs> it's gone off the rails a bit. But yeah, for my Northern Yakuza, I have to kind of put my hand up here to kind of do the voice correctly. Like, what are you talking about, lad? <laughs> it just helps me tighten my voice a bit. <laughs> so, a lot of the stream, I've just got the control in front of me. I've got my hand here like this. It's like a pledge into something, but it just helps me do the voice. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That's a little behind-the-scenes thing. I don't know if I can run on, on Twitch, <laughs> just because I've not got the setup yet. I am planning to. Anyway, Dexter Loomis versus Austin Theory. I'm going to go through the card now in match order. I've not noted down like any backstage stuff unless they directly led into a match to watch. Um, there were some like announcements for things down the line, so I'll obviously talk about them. But, yeah, Dexter Loomis versus Austin Theory. Austin, all on his lonesome with the Garganos on vacation and Izzy and, and Indy. Busy thirst tweeting over Loomis. <laughs> Dude, I find it funny because I wake up, I'll watch all the stuff, and I quite often, like, I, for some, in terms of like investment of what's going on, even though I'm, I'm enjoying NXT a lot more so far this year, I still don't mind going on Twitter to see spoilers. So, what I've had to do is I have New Japan Cup and AW Dynamite at the same time, and once, and then I'm able to start NXT before the kind of uh, takeover, like, main match at the start. So I've got that little, that nice little kind of window where I finish one, start the other, and then New Japan Cup will start to take my attention away. Uh, hey, that's right, three shows in one morning. <laughs> it's crazy. We're not be able to do this in a normal world environment. But yeah, so I... Uh, yeah, I don't really mind as much about NXT. So, like, after I've watched Dynamite and the New Japan Cup... After I've watched Dynamite, I feel like I can go onto Twitter because I'm watching New Japan Cup live, so it can't be spoilers... And I don't really mind seeing NXT stuff. So that meant I got to see... I saw a picture of Austin Theory being choked out by Alexa Loomis with Indy Hartwell's tweet. <laughs> that's the, so that's the first time I saw anything about this match was Indy Hartwell's tweet. <laughs> which is just like first tweeting over Loomis, which I feel like that's a funnier way to first experience something from NXT via Indy Hartwell's Twitter <laughs> coming onto your feed. Uh, but yeah, so the... Dexter Loomis, though, is the NXT character I'm least into. Like, he continues to feud with the way as they go through therapy. Uh, tonight, Theory's turn to face his fears head on. And by that, I mean Loomis beats him up before choking him out. I mean, he got in some offence, as all Austin Theory matches do, but yeah, Loomis beat him. I fear he might win the championship at TakeOver. <laughs> That's my biggest fear, because I'm just not into the character. Um, yeah, but also, the level of care that I have exemplified by how quickly commentary shifted to Champa talking to the interviewer lady backstage as it as soon as the pin as soon as the choke out happened uh, it was like he was still I didn't even know if he stood up yet and the commentary were immediately thrown to Champa and like even for the next segment they then immediately threw to Adam Cole in the ring with no entrance it's like there was a lot of like especially in this first hour like a lot of seconds trimming like they were like they knew they were going to overrun or something or they're in danger of it, whatever it was. So I found that a little bit interesting that we're cutting like that. 
Yeah, but next up was Adam Cole, as I've already accidentally <laughs> kind of hinted at. Uh, also, Chamber then was talking to the interviewer lady backstage instead of going into William Regal's office. Uh, he's getting all serious. We'll see why later. He did mention it then, but I feel like I'll talk about it when I get to the actual uh, topic of talking about. <laughs> that was bad word order. Adam Cole, baby! Uh, Cole called Kyle jealous. A Regal reminded repercussions of injury. A Riley out off in his car. And, yeah, threats all round as uh, TakeOver approaches. Um, not all great threats. I know where you buy video games. <laughs> that's, that's not that's not that threatening. <laughs> yes, it was in a list of things. But personally, in terms of check, like going through a... Yeah, I mean, what's their list of three? Personally, with the level of threat they're giving, you probably don't need to hit your list of three. <laughs> it's like, I know where you sleep. I know where you buy video games. <laughs> I know you fake for takeout. <laughs> it's just like increasingly less threatening. <laughs> you don't have to do the list of three. The first is enough to get the point. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's it, yeah. The fact that it made me chuckle a bit maybe destroyed the point. And Adam Cole didn't have an entrance, but yeah, it was fine enough. And uh, William Regal coming out to talk to Adam Cole to say, telling the like the violence of Adam Cole, like it kind of Riley's like not cleared in any way, and I don't want it to come out and injure him even more. Kyle uh, and Riley not feeling the same way. And next thing we know that there's been a kerfuffle outside as well, where if I can remember, no, to this next bit, oh, I did it in order. No, where is it? Yeah, so <laughs> Regal. We then cut afterwards. It was after the which one match was it? It was after Bartel Champa. Where Regal was outside and we saw a police car with Kyle O'Reilly in one car and Adam Cole in another. And William Regal's also there directing orders. For some reason the police are listening to William Regal because he is the man of control. You just listen to his voice. Even the police for some reason are listening to Regal over anything else. And uh, yeah, organising the aftermath of some form of undisputed era chaos. Um... As far as I can tell you, we're doing a story of Kyle O'Reilly drove into Adam Cole and then they ended up both getting arrested. And yeah, which led to somebody just pointing out the quite funny tweet of just imagine, I think it was Ross somebody. <laughs> well, following more than one Ross on Twitter. But yeah, it was just the point of uh, imagine being Britt Baker going through that AW main event and he come back to the curtain and Adam Cole. It's just like, uh, hey, baby, a crazy day at work. <laughs> Kyle rear-ended me and I got arrested. What is this? Anyway, needed to get me out of prison. <laughs> to bail me out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thanks, babe. <laughs> just, yeah. Um, yeah, if, again, it's not... I don't feel like this... It's one of those set-up kind of scenes. It's... Because we didn't see it it's a little bit. Um, I don't really know. The sell, it's selling the violence in a different way. I appreciate that. NXT are always game for that. They do so. They do their setup a little bit differently, and I feel like the car stuff is a nice kind of change of form, trying trying out something new. And I personally like it. By itself, it's a bit weird, but I feel like in the grand scheme of everything else, in terms of what they're going to do next as well, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And after this, we did get an announcement that the NXT Women's Tag Team Title Match agreed for next week, with Ember and Shotzi taking on the Robert Stone Brand. Um, not really much more to say to that. Other than that's uh, what was said. And then Ember Moon took the piss out of Robert Stone's suit. <laughs> so take that. <laughs> the gun of Del Fantasma versus Breeze Ango, a.k.a. Cross-Continental Championship Champion Clash. A decent back-and-forth tag. See, I can do alliteration. <laughs> a decent back-and-forth tag as Escobar watches on for Breeze getting a fair amount of shots in. But in the end, the Legado found their groove. 
Really, the point was to get the last together at ringside for Devlin to make his NXT return. So the match itself, I didn't really take that much stock in. Just waiting for Devlin to return. Especially as before they came out, they showed Devlin arriving. So, oh, so we know what's happening now. The uh, two Cruiserweight champions face to face. Devlin never dropping the title thanks to the pandemic. And our unification match set for stand and deliver. I'm yours. Who did that, who did that song? <laughs> you figure it out. Because I need to know who to look out for for the monetization claim. <laughs> the copyright claim, obviously. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Zoe Stark versus Dakota Kai was up next. Obviously, again, Dakota Kai, accompanied by Raquel Gonzalez, because we're about to enter a string of matches where it's like they, the match might be alright and decent, but the ultimate end game is setting up a standard deliver match. So Stark quickly making her way through matches with NXT's biggest names. And not winning, but the amount of faith in her for the future is clearly on display by putting her in matches like these to get like amazing experience right off the bat. The like the amazing women's division NXT continues to grow. Also, a promo for Sari airing before this match, just to exemplify that. Like the latest, like a massive star from Japan coming in to make a big splash in NXT. It's like yeah, Kari Sane, Asuka tagged out, Kari Sane tagged in, Kari Sane tags out, Io Shirai tags in. Maybe the rival Sari paints that Io Shirai is going to be going elsewhere soon. So ooh. I know quite a few people get excited at the idea of, can we get Asuka and Io Shirai before one of them leaves the company, please? <laughs> just that, just a bit. It's like, even if it's a B pay-per-view match with 10 minutes, just 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 before they go, just like a taste of it. It's <laughs> just a slither. Just, just like one thin slice. Uh, but for the second match in a row, the bigger picture was the ringside wrestler being there for the champion to waltz on down four. And uh, we'll say Stark again looked impressive in defeat. Kai, as the more experienced competitor, just had more answers. The end coming after a fight back from Zoe had her on the top rope, only to get kicked once more and draped off that top for a match-ending go-to kick. Um, yeah, to go to Kai getting a nice strong win. Uh, to, uh, Zo uh, I was say Zoe Storm putting Tony Storm and Zoe Stark together. There. Zoe Stark getting loads of great experience, but also Big Mama Cool is out there, and Io Shirai makes her way on down, and very, very visually right in front of us walks past Kai, who looks pissed as hell. <laughs> Oh, and also surprised in a way. I'm assuming none of us at home were surprised, but the fact Kai was, I feel like might be painting something. And uh, yeah, Io Shirai challenges Raquel Gonzalez instead to defend the title against at Standard Deliver, directly saying, I want to face you. And yeah, it's, it's a match. I feel like, again, just like Karen Cost Finn Balor, it is the kind of um, generation shifting or era shifting for NXT. Because whether they change their titles, like a big era shift, really. A, a big era shift. From Io Shirai to Raquel Gonzalez. I feel like that's... It's just like Carrie Cross in that one. Like Both singles titles are pretty big shifts in that manner. And uh, maybe Dakota Kai was like, immediately they know the next thing they're going to be doing as well. In Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez. But you kind of keep it going a bit. Again, Dakota Kai. Like, I feel like it's a nice little note of Kai jealousy. Uh, the Kiwi, like she does have a history of jumping her tag partner once like <laughs> one of them starts to rise a bit. She gets extremely jealous very quickly and snaps. Like, I mean, I personally like the pairing a bit too much. I'm just, just saying it's a note of consideration. <laughs> they very visually in front of us had Dakota Kai look pissed as hell. Then they had a segment where she had to show being really happy for her. And just to see that contrast between her... Reaction when Raquel was looking at her and her reaction when Raquel couldn't see her face. Like the genuine shock. I, I, it's a nice little painted thing. 
And I feel Adam Cole told me that quite sometimes those reactions are legit something. It is NXT. Someone could get called up at any point, but there, there is a little thing to consider. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's in both singles, big singles titles matches at West WrestleMania. At Standard Deliver. I'm yours. Yeah, it's going to be they're both quite big shifts. If the title changes hands, it's the massive <laughs> obviously the massive asterisk on there. If the title actually changes hands, we'll have to wait and see what actually happens. Anyway, Marcel Bartel and Tommaso Ciampa in a uh, match of Walter, 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 Walter. <laughs> it's like, oh, Ciampa did a Walter. So- sorry, move, move. And then here comes Walter. Sorry, Bartel. <laughs> just like, I'm watching this match, just like I have done for the two previous segments, just just waiting for the guy to walk out and do a thing. <laughs> so, uh, Ciampa, who's not Walter, quickly made his presence with a chair, who, which wasn't Walter, while <laughs> making his way to eventually beat Bartel with the Widow's Bell draped DDT. Uh, but once again, takeover setup builds continue. And the third segment in a row, it's time this time for the dominant NXT UK champion, who is Walter, <laughs> making his return to Orlando. And you can fight off Bartel and Eichner. But good luck standing after a Walter chop. But Jesus! <laughs> the, uh, oh, they have been missed. Those chops are special. <laughs> a a beatdown of an NXT veteran with another match seemingly set. This one wasn't officially announced in any capacity. Didn't have someone walk out with a contract like they literally did in the last segment. But still, they set up the next thing. Uh, after that was Regal and O'Reilly in police cuffs in their little tiff. And afterwards... We got Ellie Knight's debut. Austin Gray, the poor lad, <laughs> on the receiving end as the former Impact and NWA star makes his mark in NXT. At night with some... I, I, I know all of his offence, so none of this is a surprise to me. But he got some offence in before Bronson Reed came out to the stage, uh, put on Knight's jacket, and in the process... Oh, he's tensed and he ripped the arm off. Oh, he's too big a boy. <laughs> too big a boy, rips the jacket... It's custom made, <laughs> shouts LA. Uh, Gray, unable to capitalise, he gave it a go, gave us some false near falls. But LA Knight looked to immediately be entering a feud with the Aussie and he snatches back the win. And one day, internally, I'll stop calling him Eli Drake and I will one day not have to re- not have to do control F, type in Eli Drake and LA Knight and then replace all. <laughs> like, well, eventually, one time, I won't have to do that. <laughs> so uh, that'd be quite nice. But yes, it, this was a... If you've never seen LA Knight slash Eli Drake before, then this was like a nice little showcase of some of his moves, including his finisher. Which again, in terms of a debut, some of the big ones, it's like your main big moves, your presence in the ring, and uh, just kind of overall feel to you, and then, yeah, hit your finisher. Get as used to your finisher. And yeah, that's what they did. And uh, yeah, LA Knight sound and they commentary putting him over as an absolutely massive star and calling his debut huge um yeah it's interesting that they're it's they're making such a big deal of la Knight, and and i don't know, I don't know there's something about him where i think it's just because like the level he was kind of going at before coming to nxt well, I in in impact, I kind of felt like the like the stars were his limit. <laughs> he absolutely shone. I got really into his. Um, oh, I enjoyed the dummy button, like the dummy, yeah, <laughs> hit the button. I I, I generally enjoyed. It. it was silly, and but I generally enjoyed it. I felt it's the kind of thing that would get him over, even though it's not like main event thing. Like it's the type of thing that gets you over, but you drop it for the main event. 
he keeps all your stuff. But yeah, he he kind of never broke into that world champion level. He became he's one of those guys where I'm trying to think who is a bit like in an in Impact. I guess to give a, a timely reference, I'd use Jake Roberts, <laughs> where Jake Roberts was never world champion, but he was also too strong to be a mid card guy. So he's kind of stuck in the middle. So if he's not feuding with the top guy, he's just kind of in the middle, not really doing anything. Of course, he's not going to win the championship either, but you can throw him in there for a, a strong feud. That's what the level Eli Drake kind of fell, fell into for me in Impact, where he would have decent feuds with top guys, but obviously he's not the guy who's going to win. So then after the match, he just drop into something. <laughs> and over after a period of time, the, the jumps back to the top kind of stops. NWA felt like a really good fit for him, and it was going somewhere, and then the pandemic hit. And now you've seen so many of the NWA guys go elsewhere, like Ricky Starks, and obviously LA Knight here. And it's been... Uh, yeah, it's... Obviously, that's a shame what happened to NWA. I mean, it's still going, it's just... Obviously, quite a lot of their big stars have gone elsewhere, like Barrett as well. <laughs> I completely forgot about yeah. Wade Barrett was like their lead commentator, and now he's over here in NXT, and LA Knight's also here in NXT. Yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting to see that. Like the amount of impact and NWA guys that have gone into either AW and NXT. It's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting to see that happen. Uh, yeah, decent debut. I like the guy. I, I don't know how he's gonna go. I'll see where it is. And of course, my point is, I'm putting him over as an absolutely massive star, but I'm gonna struggle a little bit to see him as that level of guy, just because I've seen him before. And I mean, to be fair, they do a really good job of kind of painting them how they want to present them in NXT and you very quickly get used to things. Case in point, the name generator, just his name alone, LA Knight, is going to take me a while to get used to with his SmackDown Live type font. <laughs> it's going to take me a while to get used to that. But the NXT is something they do, the way they present it, you very quickly kind of drop those criticisms. Like Seth Rollins, like I remember the absolute jokes <laughs> thrown his way when he was first presented on NXT as the first NXT champion. Uh, but very quickly, don't care. It change. You move on pretty quickly from that kind of thing. If it's if it's things to do with like presentation and presence, where you know the like Keith Lee, where the the other versions showed such depth of character. But I feel like they're doing a pretty strong job of highlighting Eli Jake's strengths. He's a very WWE guy to me. But I said the same about EC3. So we'll wait and see. <laughs> we'll wait and see. EC3, like Eli, like Eli Drake, who's now Ella Knight, absolutely screamed that they would do well in WWE. But they got there, and EC3 ended up being nothing. To be fair, he was called up in a crop of people, with in the, which were four panic call-ups, in a hope to generate some buzz. It, like they, they were right after the uh, McMahon's all came out and said, we've let you down, we're going to be changing things, and going to be listening to you. Now you're the ones in charge. And here and here to prove it are four NXT names. And as we went on, he found out they have absolutely zero plan for any of these four people. <laughs> Nikki Cross eventually fell in with Alexa Bliss and had that stuff. And the Viking Raiders eventually found themselves wrestling a bit more often in the tag team scene, especially as it came close to 2020. And they had their few... Unfortunately, their biggest moments were in the lockdown era. But they did kind of get more into the tag scene. But EC3, I mean, Lacey Evans as well. Eventually, Lacey Evans got... It was, it was weird. I felt like she had absolutely nothing. Then she got called... Then she got her match in, like, in the main event. Again, she was like, sorry, what are you doing? Which absolutely tanked in terms of popularity. 
But then she spent the rest of the time on SmackDown generally boning up. Uh, just again, sucks. Pandemic happened. And then they made the same mistake again on Raw. <laughs> but to be fair, she'd had improved quite a lot. It's just, the storyline did her no favours. <laughs> Awful storyline with Charlotte. Uh, yeah, I've had to review it on Raw. So, yeah. Anyway, my case and point being, all because I feel like LA Knight screams it and they're doing a really good job of showcasing his strength in a very WWE style way and he fits absolutely perfectly. It doesn't mean it's going to work on the main roster. <laughs> we'll wait and see. He may get immediately shot down because of the amount of rock influence in him. But to be fair, it's a lot of different people from the Attitude Era. But obviously, the rock clearly as his favourite kind of stands out in his promo style. I feel like he's added enough of his own personal quirks. It's not it's not as strong as it used to be. And, and I've seen some people commenting to saying that and I'm just thinking... To be fair, that sounds a bit more like a holdover from before, which he definitely has improved on. Uh, I feel like NXT is the best place to be in to improve on that even more as well. Not that he definitely needs it. He's an awesome promo. Spending way too much time on LA Knight. <laughs> I, can, I think I can end it now. I can move on. Because after this was the Tag Team Championship main event. And for me, that kind of exemplified the flow of the show. I felt like it, it was a generally strong show that flowed pretty well. But at the end of the day, it was also a setup show. And did nothing for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, I don't know how to review this one. It's a setup show. And I think before when I've had these setup shows, uh, I appreciate them because long-term they mean quite a lot. Even if when you watch them, you don't have this amazing feeling of, oh, that was, that was such a fantastic show type thing. Like, last week, was that? They absolutely loaded last week's show with title matches. They're trying to, like, like, turning it into a show which you feel like you kind of got to watch because there's so many title matches on it. Especially if you're somebody like me, who every week makes their effort to watch both shows. But, yeah. But, in terms of which was better from Imp, <laughs> which match, which show did I prefer, NXT, AEW? NXT was a strong kind of building block show after they loaded last week for title matches and he got takeover in a, few, in, in a couple of weeks. They did a strong job of setting stuff up. However, AEW, for me, had a landmark main event. And I feel like a lot of AEW, like the rest of the show, was also following up on build. It was one of those ones where I didn't feel like a lot of the show was spectacular, but the building blocks were strong, just like NXT. But the main event absolutely shifts it to AEW this week for me. I think, uh, again, I called the, uh, yeah, the Thunder Rose and Britt Baker match, absolute landmark moment. And the photo of Britt Baker covered in blood being put alongside Becky Lynch. And I think somebody didn't listen to somebody else as well. I can't remember who it is. But yeah, that for me, that's it. Oh, Austin, that was it. Like Austin and Lynch with all the blood all over them. Yeah, I mean, it's just like people looking badass in blood, type of thing, like a star making type of moment. But I feel like this was a not just for AEW, but for women's wrestling, just because like, WWE put them in obviously all their big massive matches and things. But this was the first lights out match in Dynamite. Cause the only lights out match they'd done before was Boxley versus Janella before Dynamite had started. And Moxley versus Omega in um, Full Gear, that was it. <laughs> so they're the only two lights outs they've done. So to have this be the first one on Dynamite, it's pretty big. Like when, the thing I really like is I'm not somebody... Like when Jim Ross commentates, it irks me a little bit. When he he's trying his best, but you still get the sentence of... Um, oh, well, this isn't... This is match is not just... Good for women's wrestling. This is good for all wrestling, for men wrestling. And I'm just, I, I wouldn't even bring that up. I'd just talk about the grandeur of the match. I feel like Excalibur's nailed that, where he was talking about 
Britt Baker, uh, like with, the, with this match, this is the first Lights Out match in AW Dynamite history. Absolutely no mention of gender. <laughs> where it's just, this is just a historic night for the company. And it's not one of those where you then go afterwards, oh, well, it's like not just even for gender, for companies. Like, Don't even bring up gender. <laughs> like, like, for me, for I feel like Lucha Underground is absolutely a fantastic way to kind of present on an equal level, purely because it was, if you were, if you were smaller than, then you were just like a male smaller wrestler. You commentate, commentated the same way. Um, yeah, and this, I, I feel like it's an absolute landmark moment in terms of the presentation. Because, uh, like, of course, in terms of the women's matches, they've been and WWE with the Hell in a Cell stuff, and they have been allowed to get a lot more brutal and stuff. This was a whole other level. In terms of in mainstream wrestling, for a women's match to have a violent match, which was that good, that strong, and to go that level of violence, and to show that amount of blood as well, for me, that's game-changing. Because the women in WWE cannot do that. Like, end of, they are not allowed to get anywhere near that level of violent. Uh, that's, the, that's one of the edges AEW has. They have been allowed to... as Again, that line of blood and guts. <laughs> They've been allowed to go that far. And I feel like, really long-term, that's a major bonus. Because they can do that. The women in WWE have... You can try and get creative to go around it. But, especially if you're somebody who wants to have like that... Like, like Moxley, kind of have like a wrestling adventure. <laughs> I'll call it. That's the kind of match you can only do in one place on mainstream telly in America. Doesn't I mean I expect WWE every time to shift. That's my main thing, is a lot of the cracks showing now... It's me getting back to NXT. A lot of the kind of shift cracks showing now are intergender wrestling and, I guess, the violence level. Where, where again, there's lots of little talks of the networks wanting a bit more adult content. And then we get bollocks like Ric Flair. <laughs> Insinuating very heavily that Ric Flair's sleeping with Lacey Evans. Like, is that your idea of adult content? <laughs> For me, AEW is... A more adult version showing you what that actually is <laughs> like yeah that doesn't it doesn't mean hitting that, hitting that two people shagging <laughs> that's not what it means <laughs> monetization is dead i've been singing songs it's fine uh yeah yeah anyway i'm gonna end the show i'm talking about aw dynamite uh, okay so i like to i like to talk about which is my uh, favorite percy for the week before I then go to the ratings of the show and personally yeah i preferred aw dynamite this week probably because because they were both relatively strong building block shows then the main event of AW Dynamite again an all time landmark <laughs> kind of show in terms of women's in terms of, not just women's wrestling go for but in terms of like AW Dynamite as a whole I feel like again a landmark moment I'm yeah I'm hyped for AW afterwards and I'm kind of looking forward to <laughs> Pirates Pirate Delivery Show <laughs> uh, what a weird title for pirate themed show <laughs> don't get it <laughs> don't get it stand and deliver what's that got to do with pirates <laughs> oh, uh, anyway I mean they're, they're shifting cargo but it's not exactly formal <laughs> anyway uh, that's the end of the NXT review I'm going to get some sleep because Sunday I am up for fast lane I'm off, I'm upon the fast lane uh, luckily for us UK folk our clocks haven't changed yet so everything's an hour earlier so the show's like, like the show for me this started at 11pm Start at 11 p.m. next week as uh, well. And yeah, Fastlane, the same. Fastlane, that show starts at 11 and I'll be live immediately after it finishes, whenever that is. I'm hoping about 2 a.m. That'd be quite nice. Like, like I feel like for super early, like I would not be ready for WrestleMania. <laughs> that's going to be way later. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to Fastlane. Uh, they're doing a 
it's one of those where I feel like the show is going to be fine. I'm not uh, I'm not fearing it like I have in the past. It does feel extremely unnecessary, especially so close to WrestleMania. Don't need the show at all. It's like a one-match show. I feel like it's kind of like that, where the Roman Reigns Daniel Bryan match is really the only one that matters. Everything else is a kind of pointless card to me. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yes, what did you think of NXT? Uh, hit up in the comments. Uh, also, uh, thank you for anybody who likes, subscribes, whatever, clicks the bell, whatever, five-star review on the podcast version. Uh, just engaging in any form, in any manner. You can follow me on Twitter, at the damn Implicat. Also, there's my Twitch, at the Implications with two S's. Uh, I stream as often as I can. I also show up on other people's streams. And also, uh, yeah, the New Japan Cup as well. I'll be doing week two of that over the weekend. I need to actually check when the final is, because I think it might, might be wise just to hold off until all of the fi- second half matches have happened and just review the whole tournament after week two. Um, unless we do a third column. Not thought about it. But yeah, so yeah, New Japan Cup, that old column be going up at the weekend as well. And I feel like there's something else. Da, 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 da. I guess congratulations to Ardizi on the crazy success of his column. I say I say success. Uh, only reason I'm saying that in brackets is because of uh, the le- the kind of comments gotten. <laughs> it's been way more positive than I thought, but he wrote a, com- a column on Jim Cornette. And uh, obviously you know what that means. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, I think that's my final shout-out. Oh, first thing, headlines as well. Yeah, follow on Twitter at Russell Headlines. Uh, that's no E on the end. Uh, also, wrestling headlines on Facebook as well. Uh, building up... Well, again, the site does really well on Facebook. So, uh, continue to grow. That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And with that, I say thank you for watching, liking, subscribing, whatever whatever my joggy do you have to do nowadays. I will see you on Sunday for Fastlane. Blurry eyes and all. And with that, I bid you adieu. Adios. Ten.